Ritual. Ritual has been a part of my life since the beginning of my life. Even though my mother and my grandmother didn't necessarily call it ritual, there was a way that they approached their life that felt so much like intentional creativity. Years later, I would discover the name intentional creativity as a way to describe a kind of lifestyle that we can choose to live, which is to care and love and be mindful about every part of our life, our food, our sleep, our intimacy, our work, our computer time, our bodies, all of it. It's all a choice to be mindful and to slow down enough to pay attention. One of the ways my mother created ritual was through the creation of beauty. My mom was all about beauty and order. It didn't matter where we lived, how long we lived there, how many resources we had, or if we were living in what we called at the time the ghetto, even though that's evidently an unpolitically correct term now. That's what we called it back then. The outsides of the houses were sprayed with spray paint, but inside it was like this little orderly heaven that my mother made. And she did it with fabric and wood. Mom was a carpenter and so was grandma. And so they would, when we would move, we had very little actual furniture. Um, They would build the bed and they would build the bookcases and they would build all the stuff that was made out of these pieces of wood that were painted And then once the new configuration was put together, they would repaint it. And then they would put fabric up behind the shelves and fabric up behind the bed. Like we didn't have a, uh, we had like a wooden bed frame. And then there was like fabric behind the bed. That was the same fabric that was on the bed. So between a sewing machine and a skill saw, I'm telling you what, my mom and my grandma knew how to do the thing. And because of that, even though there were times of very, very, very scarce resources, so many times, most of the time, (laughs) Um, somehow there was enough. And the beauty is part of what created the enoughness. And yes, we had a sewing machine and a skill saw, so that's a sign of abundance. But it was about the tools of women. But the way that they went about it, I can see them now both with their measuring tape and their pencils and their pads of paper and their stern expressions as I played with swatches of fabric. My grandmother used to say that I um, should give me a swatch of fabrics like quilting squares and I would um, put the colors together. (laughs) I don't think that surprises any of you who know me. And I would put them together in eccentric ways that they wouldn't normally go together. And I bring this all up today because today is a ritual day. Today is the day that we at Musea celebrate February 1st. You've been hearing about it in our emails and communications. So blessings today at high winter or high summer. Blessings today in Ireland where they call this the first day of spring no matter what because I think they might need something to look forward to on those little buds that are still not ready to come forth. It looks very wintry in Sonoma, even though the mustard is out and the narcissus that's out and, um, and the Daphne, (laughs) 
and the camellias, right? The oranges. So thank goodness for the things that are coming now, but it really feels wintry and we're having flooding here and it's just super rainy, like poor, poor, poor. So um, it feels like high winter to me. I wish it felt like spring, but there is a, a beckoning of spring. And also this is a cross quarter day in the Celtic tradition. It is called Imbolc or St. Bridget's Day as we move uh, forcibly, but albeit toward the matriarchy in the presence of the honoring of the goddess and saints, Bridget, which we're also honoring today. And also Candlemas, a lighting of the candles in honor of life itself. This is also a time for forms of divination, like scrying and looking to uh, symbols and signs. I want to quote by my friend Trish O'Malley. All right, here's a message from Trish to me in a text, and I asked her if she would be willing to um, let me share. And she said yes. And she says, Bridget is about sorting and looking forward, even imagining and taking first steps, ordering the seeds. The catalog is worn out from looking for seeds. It's time to get, begin manifesting. It is the day you ceremonially, ceremonially, obviously my tongue isn't working yet because it's too early in the morning. <laughs> I got up at four. It is the day you ceremonially burn in a sacred fire anything dried out and less than useful from the previous harvest. So in a way, it is a new season. But for many, it is deep winter and back in the time when the food stores were lower and it is the beginning of the highest mortality rate of the year. In the wild, I always think of my time here in Northern California and in Yellowstone. And this is when the weaker animals begin to die. Not a time for a feast yet. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it's harsh heat and light. Our friends in the South say, nothing in the Southern Hemisphere, say nothing can survive right now where she is if you plant. And what is in the ground has to be shaded because it's so hot. So thinking of a turning of season would feel for forced. Trish says, how do we adjust old calendar in climate change? So those are the kinds of things that we're exploring around here. And I am curious for you, most of all, what you're noticing. Today's ceremony for the Kira Council, for those of you who are coming, is called the Moons Ceremony. And we are indeed honoring the moons and then honoring these cycles. And one of the things that we started doing right at the beginning, a year ago now, for the Kira Council is to ask ourselves the question, what kind of moon is this? Because the moons are named after... Um, what's happening. So in, in the Native American tradition, this was this last full moon was called the wolf moon. So right now, what would you call the moon where you are? Um, rainy moon for me? I think I just want to call it the camellia moon. And so I shall. So we'll see you in circle today. Women are gathering at Musea for a class called Luna Materia is just for those who are studying intentional creativity and for graduates.
but I'm so looking forward to gather with them. And then tonight we have from six to eight, the uh, Kira Council in person with none other than Lavender Grace. So dear ones, what are you present to this day? And from a ritual perspective, I have put fabric outside my door that is symbolic of Bridget's cloak. If you haven't done it yet and you still want to, go ahead, run on out there. It's okay if it's not in the middle of the night. And this is a cloak that we use for healing for the whole rest of the year. And usually it's like a handkerchief. And so the handkerchief that I put out was gifted to me by none other than Crystal Charlotte Easton, Indigenous community member from Canada. And she gave it to me at our last ceremony in person for Star Song. And it was a collaboration uh, piece. It is a Ukrainian scarf that when the Ukrainians went to Canada, it's one of the things that they brought and that the women exchanged. And so Crystal says that the old Cree women, um, even though the scarf was from the Ukraine, they almost all wear that scarf to this day. And so it was a connection of culture. And it's so beautiful. And that's what women do. And that's who we are. And that's matriarchy. So my Bridget's scarf today connects with indigenous cultures and with my Ukrainian heritage. Jeez, it's early to talk, early to cry, but I hear the coffee being made in the other room. And uh, then I go for a swim and then I head to Musea. Oh, so many things to tell you. So much love, beloveds. I'll see you in one circle or another.